2: Look at them. And I'm watching
0: CNN talk about this as violent white nationalist protests. We have done everything in our power to keep this peaceful, you know? It's uh, really? Pepe's really? become let's kind let's of a symbol. Simple- we Welcome to Yana yeah, Pasaran, a show about fascism and its gravediggers. I'm Cam Smith. I'm Andy Fleming. And this week we're joined by Raja from The Humanism Project. Thanks for joining us, Raja. Thank you, Cam. Thank you. Andy? I guess just to begin with, could you tell us a little bit about what The Humanism Project
2: is? The Humanism Project is, what we're really about, uh, It's about promoting diversity and inclusiveness because that's what, we are an Indian diaspora group. India has always been proud of its diverse and inclusive culture and inclusive ethos and We found that that changed in the past 10 years. And what we're trying to do is recalibrate that and and get us back to our roots of who we really are, a very inclusive, a very progressive and diverse population. And a big part of that, is because there's been a lot of hate and divisiveness by some elements uh, who claim to represent the Hindu religion. They're not; they're just criminals, and they should be called as criminals and fascists. But they claim to represent the Hindu religion, and they've been causing all the confusion. And we, our thing is, is, is our organization seeks to call out the people who spread hate and social discord and, and drive this narrative that they do not in any way represent the Indian ethos. Or Australian multiculturalism, or the Hindu religion. There's a lot of uh, pushback to
0: some of the anti Hindutva activism. People say, oh, this is Hindu phobia. Could you talk a little bit about this Hindu phobia narrative and why it's not Hinduphobic to oppose Hindutva? Oh,
2: look, it, the Hindu is, is a very, very interesting narrative. And and, and it goes on, and, and if anything, it, it, it underlines the fascist undertones of the Hindu movement. So just to explain that, when Hitler, during the Nazi era, what they did was they, it's, it's a very specific type of hate speech construct, the Hinduphobia itself, which draws on Nazi parallels, right? And I'll explain that. So it, during the Nazi time, to justify the attacks on the Jewish people, the Nazis actually accused the Jewish people of planning to commit a genocide on the Germans, right? And they very often accused them of being traitors, of hating the Germans, so on and so forth. And based on that accusation, they validated the Holocaust, if that makes sense. And so that particular form of hate speech construct is called accusation in the mirror. It's a well-recognized form of hate speech construct. It was just not the Nazis who used used it. The Hutus used it too while they were orchestrating the genocide of the Tutsis. So the phobia construct is very similar. And, And the evidence to that is what all you have to do is once someone is called Hinduphobic, they are fo- they are, it's followed by the most wild hatred. For instance, um, you, to give you some really prominent examples, Audrey Trishka is an academic at Rutgers. So when they didn't like what she said, they first, step one, labeled her Hinduphobic, and then she started getting rape threats attacked her five-year-old daughter. Right, extremely poor stuff. That's Audrey, and and then coming on to another Hindu woman called Meena Kandaswamy, was a labelled Hindu phobic, again rape threats and death threats directed at children, and you know we, you can you can see all of that in our uh, Humanism Project Twitter thread, and the third one there's a professor called Mohan Datta. Again, a Hindu. Right. He was labeled a Hindu phobic and he got up to 80 messages, sexually violent messages, trying, you know, saying that they'll cut off his, his parents' genitals. Right. Awful stuff after he was called a Hindu phobic. So the Hindu phobic narrative is true and it's used by Hindu for Hindu to groups to promote hatred and justify their violence. And it, and it draws from, you know, Nazi hate speech.
0: Uh, Raja, could you tell us a little bit about this group, Vishwa Hindu
2: Parishad? Uh, The Vishwa Hindu Parishad is is a part of a group of fascist organizations called the Sangh Parivar. The Sangh Parivar literally drew from European fascist movements, including Mussolini and Hitler. Vishwa Hindu Parishad is one of the several organizations under the uh, Sangh Parivar, and it has a, it's got a really notorious history, something that really uh, you know, hits home very closely is Father Graham Staines, who was an Australian preacher. His wife is still there in Queensland. He and his children were burnt alive by Vishwendra Parishat in, in India. More recently, women in India, Muslim women, are not allowed or deprived of their uh, right to education because they wear a hijab. And that, again, is driven by the in the Persian. So you have this – they have a very long and well-documented history of religious persecution and violence.
0: The reason I ask about them is well, – we'll get to their involvement in Australia in a second, but uh... – the Hindutva recently made the headlines uh, in the last few weeks. There were riots in Leicester in the UK. Yep. And uh, I noticed that um, a lot of the headlines were about uh, the Hindutva riots uh, until I went to, to uh, a pro-Hindutva website where I saw the VHP were describing it as the worst uh, terror attack against Hindus since the 7-7 bombings in yep. London, which seemed to be over the
2: okie bit, but also seemed to be very divorced from reality. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? So all we need to recognize is the accusation the mirror construct, right? They use it very extensively, right? So when they're accusing someone of terrorist acts, that is to justify the terrorist acts against them. Does that make sense? You'll find that pattern over and over and over again. Uh, So they first label someone they hate or they want to promote hatred against. Uh, as Hindu phobic or committing terrorist attacks and uh, do terrorist, uh, and attack them viciously. So it is all of that has a very, very set pattern called the accusation of the mirror construct. So that was an accusation of the mirror construct. And, and and you should really look that up in Wikipedia. It's, it's quite fascinating.
0: Raja, Hindutva has a long history, but I'd like you to elaborate on the relationship between the movement and the Modi government because that seems to have in some way, represents Hindutva's success in India.
2: Oh, absolutely. Look, it's like anything else, right? Uh, when Garmin gets involved, Things just get amplified. The government is such a great enabler of anything. You know, if something is good, then the government gets involved in some good stuff. The good stuff gets amplified. If something is bad, it gets amplified. So Modi comes from an RSS background, the Sangh Parivar, and uh, and and he's got a long history of a very problematic state. He was he was involved in the two thousand and two. Gujarat Rats goes on to be involved. Uh, You know, even as recently as the CANRC, he made very similar tone of his, many of his comments are very similar to the fascist comments. For instance, at one stage he said, you know, you can recognize people by their clothes when he referred to Muslims and he incited hatred against them, right? So Modi does is is, is has been a part of the Sankh Pariwar. And and that's his worldview. And he's just enabled his worldview of Hindutva by hijacking media houses and really orchestrating a very, very coordinated a campaign of hate across the world. To to give you an example, during the Leicester riots, someone analyzed around 200 tweets, 200k tweets, out of which 100k of those, you know, hate tweets or tweets aimed at social discord actually originated from India, right? Now that's very keeping with a recent study done in Victoria by the Islamic Council of Victoria, which looked at digital hate, and they found that fifty-two point one five percent of all hate, all Islamophobic hate speech from around the world, came from India. They have far, you know, uh, surpassed the neo-Nazi groups. Just because of the sheer numbers. So the Modi government uh, used the government machinery to clearly amplify it. And it's amplified through social media, amplified through uh, mainstream, you know, Indian TV channels. And that has caused a lot of angst in the Indian community. You know, friends will be knowing each other since childhood. Don't see eye to eye now because of the amount of hate. I hope that answers your question. He, he really is amplified it using the government here. Yeah.
0: Beyond social media, Raja, what kinds of policies is the Modi government enacting that uh, furthers uh, the Hindutva
2: movement? Well, they have they've gotten an education uh, and pretty much uh, are trying. Uh, pretty much have rewritten the entire education, and uh, uh, some of them are uh, some of the content. For instance, one of the things, uh, Hindutva, uh, Hindutva actually derives from, uh, take pride in something called Sanatana Dharma. Sanatana Dharma is uh, is, is a version of Hinduism uh, which places a lot of importance on caste hierarchies. Right. And for instance, the central school, central board, secondary education syllabus in India actually teaches the caste hierarchy of, you know, these guys are the higher caste. These guys are the lower caste. And I just saw that, you know, some time ago, you know, a few days ago. And I was flabbergasted. So it's so it's entrenching into the education system. It's pretty much hijacked the entire media. So even during the Leicester riots, a lot of the hate narratives were driven and amplified by mainstream Indian media. Some of that Indian media is actually coming here. For instance, ABC has now, initially it used to have a partnership with NDTV. Now it has a partnership with Times Now, which you know does a lot of Islamophobic hate speech. So essentially media... Education and the judiciary. The judiciary are very blind now. They are not independent. So the problem now is every, you know, pillar of democracy has been completely compromised, and uh, and, and, and 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 hence the and, and there's so much hate speech going around, uh, and hence the fear that we are imminently. Going into one of the largest genocides under mankind, and and this is not necessarily me saying that. Uh, it has uh, the re, um, you know statistical analysis, risk analysis by the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum places India the second most likely place in the world for a mass atrocity, i.e., a genocide, to occur. So that's what the has done to India. It's compromised every. Pillar of democracy, undermined it, hate speech is rampant, and we are inching towards a genocide.
0: Roger, could you explain the, the love jihad conspiracy theory and also the legislation that has been created in response to this conspiracy theory?
2: Yeah. So, a lot of one of the things that I've noticed is when fascist governments drive narratives, they're usually driven by narratives that are heavy on rhetoric, and do not have any substance or evidence to substantiate them. So the love jihad is one of those things where, and they usually, and these narratives usually tend to other and dehumanize the minority sections that they seek to persecute, right? So in India, a Muslim is called an Islamist or a terrorist, And now what you also do add to that is, guess what? He's not only an Islamist, he's not only a terrorist, he's a threat to your own home because he's going to cheat your daughter and marry him. He does jihad or he attacks your family by, you know, deceiving your daughter, marrying her, converting her to Islam. And that really is really troubling, isn't it? So so families say, oh, my God, these guys must be horrible. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that there is absolutely no evidence, zero evidence to support that it occurs. And, and But it is one of those hate constructs that are used to spread fear of a certain group of people uh, so that they become a threat and then you can justify your atrocities against them. This is one of the many threat construction techniques that's been used uh, in India.
0: Just prior to the last Australian federal election, we saw Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese both wearing vhp scarves at a yeah. events put on by vhp australia can you tell us what was going on there and maybe why that's a bit of a problem
2: i think i think what it really highlights is i think there was an article a few uh, just about that time on the diplomat and and it nicely summarized the problem the problem is we don't know. It just highlights the lack of understanding of the inclusive ethos of Hinduism and the hate agenda of the Hindu. And it very often is confused. Right. And and, and and that's probably because what's happened is there has been this so Indian migration is pretty recent. And we're generally good at being able to embrace migrants and, 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 and we're great at it. I think, uh, you know, one of the things I like to say is, for instance, the Vietnamese migrants, uh, they came in 1990 or the 1970s, 1900, 1990s, and they were struggling initially, right? There's a lot of drug use and all of that. But we are able to understand their wants and needs. And today, if you come to Cabramatta here in Sydney, most Vietnamese are, you know, professionals and doctors. It just highlights how good we are at embracing multicultural communities. But with the Indian group, I think there's been a bit of difficulty understanding who Indians are. For instance, Scott Morrison or Anthony Albanese, to them celebrating Independence Day means going to a temple. And yet there are 300 million Muslims there, as there are Christians, as there are atheists. So their perception of Indianness is, is, is very limited, number one. Number two, even among the Hindu community, there are Dalits, you know, caste oppressed people who are not even recognized, right? These are people who've been oppressed by the caste system for more than you know, 2,000 years. Even that is not recognized. So what they really try to recognize is one version, one perception or one construct of Hinduism that they think are Hindus. And even there, they go to people who don't necessarily represent Hinduism, but represent a very exclusive and political ideology that promotes hatred and divisiveness. So what is going on there is a lack of understanding of the Indian community. And what needs to be done is we need to have more conversations to highlight that Indians are a diverse, vibrant, multicultural population, and we should not try and box them especially when you don't understand the box. The box is one that causes hatred and divisiveness and draws from fascist ideologies. That's a box we probably now should go near, and uh, that understanding is not there. So that's what's going on.
0: In terms of Indian communities in Australia, Raja, how does Hindutva manifest? Um, Is it different to how it manifests in India or elsewhere?
2: So just going back to the same study by the ICV, it showed it showed very interesting patterns, and those patterns are just as interesting as they are troubling, right? So whatever happens, so they looked at the hate speech pattern on digital hate, and they found that every time there was discord or turmoil or hate in India, the hate speech spiked here in Australia and caused the same discord. So how how does it manifest? Step one, a hate campaign is orchestrated in India. It comes through WhatsApp channels, and these WhatsApp channels have Indian numbers that seed the hate from India into here. It's done through Facebook channels. It's done through Telegram channels. The hate from there, Twitter, right? The hate from there is seeded here, and then it causes hate and social discord here. And we've been saying this for a very long time, that we really need to wake up understand the problematic nature of these guys who enable hate and you can do a lot of things you can hold the administrators of the facebook it's responsible so on and so there are many things you can do and and the Lester rights is it's a classic example where you know more than 50 percent of the hate tweets actually originated in india and and so trans hindutva from there is really exported here through whatsapp channels and you know Five, So we had, in, in the past, from 2021 alone, right, we've had anti-Sikh uh, wallets in Sydney. A few months ago, there were beheading threats against a Hindu couple here because they had a mural, uh, which they were accused of, you know, being disrespectful to the Hindu gods. It, it wasn't, but there were death threats, beheading threats, again, from from Hindu groups. So the same intolerance, Divisiveness from India is seeding here, and very often it takes very perverse, uh, you know, manifestations, like you know, just going and threatening restaurateurs for hanging a mural in their own private workspace. So it, hate, hate, and divisiveness gets exported from India and into the diaspora communities, and that's a danger. And I, it's really, really, really important that our law enforcement of, uh, in authorities and home affairs wake up and, you know, understand what's going on.
0: Do you think that there's an appreciation amongst law enforcement about the uh, presence of violent hindutva Because we've, we saw, I, I recall, the Vishal Jude case uh, a f- few years ago. Uh, we had uh, Rahul Kumar from Turbans for Australia was beaten yeah, possibly yeah. by a activists. Uh, is there any understanding that these things are, you know, motivated by an ideology?
2: Uh, so there's definitely a deficit uh, is the answer. To compare Australia with New Zealand, just to answer your question, New Zealand already uh, has a classification for Hindutva groups. The Combined Threat Assessment Group in New Zealand classifies Hindutva groups as Hindutwa IMVE, which stands for Hindutwa Identity Mediated Violent Extremists, right? Now, we don't have that classification. So we are behind New Zealand in you know, understanding of the Hindu to our right and, and that's a problem uh, people say it occurs because of uh, you know uh, our affinity you know our desire to please the Indian government and my answer to that is do you want to allow social discord in Australia and violent extremism in Australia because you want to please a foreign government so I think there are gaps uh, I'm not sure if there's a certain degree of Political apathy uh, in in uh, designating these groups, but yes, we are behind New Zealand, and and that's a problem. Roger, what
0: are some of the dog whistles or symbols that people should be on the lookout for to to recognize when Hindu is being employed?
2: A big thing is accusation in the mirror, right? Hindu phobia is is a huge uh, huge dog whistle because you'll find, and it, all you have to do is jump on the internet and find out. Every time they use the word Hindu phobia. See, the definition of hate speech could be normal speech that elicits hate. So, if you use the word, if you look at Hinduphobia, they almost consistently elicit hate, and they've been consistently used to promote hate. So, Hindophobia is a big one. Uh, the other things that are very often used are stuff like anti Hindu. Again, used, you know, you. Label someone as anti Hindu and, and, uh, and they, uh, it's illicit hate. Uh, most of the Hindutva groups, uh, uh, don't like talking about caste. It's, it's pretty much like caste denial, right? So you just deny it and then you can perpetuate it. And, and usually they have, they have this, they have these labels for various people. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, People who are progressive are called leftists, or Muslims are called Islamists, Christians are called evangelists, in the Sikh community is called Khalistanis. Almost every single religion or Indian who does not subscribe to Hindutva thing are dehumanized and degraded as a threat. So that's, uh, that's a pretty good thing to look for.
0: Next Friday night at the Resistance Centre at uh, Level 5, 407 Swanson Street, Melbourne, you were putting on a film screening, along yeah. with Green Left Weekly, of uh, the fil- short film, The Delhi Riots Case, The Unknown Faces Behind Bars under UAPA, the Unlawful yeah. Activities Prevention Act. Could you tell us a little bit about what the Delhi Riots case was?
2: Yeah, the Delhi riots, case. so there was this really, really beautiful and inspiring uh, movement in India, and I think that's been one of the greatest, one of the greatest movements in India called the Shaheen Bagh movement. Uh, These were everyday women who decided to stand up to the might of the state, right? And these women congregated in Delhi saying that, The CAA NRC laws deprive Muslims of their citizenship, and they said, you know, you have to do something about it. It's not fair. You know, we've been here for generations. You just can't decide that we're not citizens all of a sudden. And around that time, Trump had come to India, and there was a politician by the name of Kapil Mishra who gathered his troops uh, in one of the Shaheen Bagh uh, congregations, and, and he said, you need to get out now, right? You need to stop this protest now. Trump is here, and as soon as he leaves, we will do what we need to do right. And then you had rights, as soon as Trump left. And, and and it left people, you know, 40 people, 40 or more dead, I don't remember the numbers. Uh, it is not, most people don't like to call it a right, they like, like to call it a program. The reason the program is is preferred is because the state, you know, colluded uh, with the writers to promote you know, violence against um, the Muslims. And uh, this is reported in BBC. There are film, their, their video footage where, uh, you know, police are seen throwing stones, along with the rioters at Muslim localities. Uh, so it, it is a poor group that followed uh, a couple of Mishra's incitement. And people who stood up to it, or people who complained about it, were actually put in jail. Uh, Muslims are put in jail. And and so these faces who decided to resist the might of the state are in jail. They're still languishing today, very often without a trial. And and this movie is about that, about about the brave men and women who decided to stand up to the might of the state and say, no, this is not the India we believed in. This is not the India, uh, this is not the idea of India uh, that we have in our minds. So it's about that.
0: Well, that's on 6pm next Friday night at the Resistance Centre which is at Level 5, 407 Swanston Street. Uh, Roger, people can find The Humanism Project on Twitter at Humanism Project, and you can also find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash humanismproject. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Andy. Thanks,
0: Cam. Well, that's our show. We'll catch you next week. See you then.
1: galeya chhad sari fikra gande aa mitti de Sanuva kera se rata eh hi sa pukar va Jau, jao 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 avamun khair mana ho sab di Jau hi sarkar nu sunna Mmm 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 असी हस्सी टुकरांदे तानु वापस जाओ जाओ जाओ, जाओ तव दिन काले कातल कानूना दाए को ही जा वापस जाओ जो किसान इधर है उनसे आकर मिलिए उनसे पूछे कि उनको कितनी मुश्किल आती है वो कैसे सोते है कैसे खाना बनाते है असा निकले आ छोड़ फिकरा गांधे आए जालिम वापस जाओ 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 मिट्टी दे कण कण विचो है आंधी ऐ ही गूंजे जालिम वापस जाओ जालिम जाओ वापस जाओ जाओ, जाओ, जाओ।
2: Black Spark is an
0: independent, volunteer-run bookshop, gallery, music and community space in North Naam, dedicated to creativity, learning and liberation. Black Spark is a space for the entire community, free of charge, hosting art, music and literary events. To keep Black Spark free, open and accessible to everybody, we need your help. We are calling for your support for our rent fundraiser to keep our doors open into the coming years. With your support... We can continue to host book and exhibition launches, art auctions, fundraisers, music gigs, and facilitate opportunities and growth for emerging artists and grassroots communities. For more information, visit Keep Black Spark Alive on chuffed.com or check out Black Spark on all the socials. Keep Black Spark Alive!
2: A 3CR supporter.